I have to, I have to just, um, I guess tonight before we get into the message, just share with you, I've, I've got a couple things that, um, you know, have just really been laying heavy on my heart the last day or two. And tonight as I was getting ready and, um, you know how we hear the old saying, you can either trust them or not. You know, we've all heard that. You meet somebody and you can either trust them or you're not. And tonight I, I just was asking the Lord as I was getting ready, I said, you know, Lord, I, I, I just need, I need you. And, you know, honestly, I, I really felt the Spirit speak to me. He says, you either trust me or you don't. Not I can't, but you don't. So tonight, I just ask that as we begin and that you would just pray for me that I do trust the Lord because we know we always can. He'll never let us down. Tonight, our opening scripture is taken from Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. And if you would stand with me as we open this evening, Matthew chapter 11 verse 28, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Father, thank you that we can have that confidence in you. I pray tonight, Lord, that as this, this message, Lord, is a, a very practical message, I feel, Lord, not of deep theology, but one that I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us can use in our life in the coming days and the weeks and the months and whatever time, Lord, that that you would remind us, Lord, of the need for this. I ask now, Lord, that you would hide me behind the shadow of the cross, that, Father, you would be glorified in everything that is said and everything that is done. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen Amen. and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Kind of a simple title tonight. Message is just called Pause. Now, Charles thought I should be a little more dramatic and say pause. And just stop. But I just did. So there you go, Charles. <laughs> so, but, you know, we all lead very busy lives. We have crazy schedules. And we have many times the feelings of never being caught up. Then let's just put the holiday season on top of it. We went from Thanksgiving to some went to Black Friday to Small Shop Saturday to Cyber Monday to Christmas parties, to family Christmas, and our Christmas lists that grow longer and longer that one can even imagine. Why? Because we're trying to do outdo what we did last year. It's no wonder if you've ever heard somebody say, where is the pause button of life? Have you ever felt like that? where you're just going and going and going and going. And in our house, what I do is we watch a lot of um, Amazon TV. And it plays all the old shows. We love them. It plays Andy Griffith. It plays um, The Waltons. It has, you name it, every old show it has on it. Well, Drew, for some reason right now, is into The Waltons. He loves The Waltons. The most frustrating part about that is about three years ago, we actually went to the Waltons' home. We were in Virginia and had the opportunity to to 
visit Earl Hamner, the, the writer of the Waltons, or um, their actual home. And Drew remembers nothing of it. I'm like, but buddy, you've been there. I don't remember it. You, you saw the house. I don't remember it. You saw the church. I don't remember it. It's like, oh, all that time. But so what I like to do is we start one, but it's bedtime because of school. So we do what we call the dramatic pause. And some of you will remember, and we've tried to tell him, but it, it, it means nothing to him. Do you remember when years ago when we'd watch a TV program and it would end? And you would have to wait seven days or sometimes for the following season to start. And there was no clue what was going to happen. So we do the dramatic pause. And he'll be like, Dad. I said, dramatic pause. Go to bed. So that's what we do in our house. But with that, sometimes we just want the pause button of life. In this Christmas season, we hear the Christmas carols ring, strings of streetlights, even stoplights blink of bright red and green as the shoppers rush home with their treasures. Oh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Yeah, right. It's the most wonderful time of the year. But have you ever noticed, if you're like me, that sometimes we only think of the Christmas carols of Silent Night, Holy Night, or Away in a Manger, is when we're so exhausted that our bodies just stop. Because that type of atmosphere has become the abnormal life of the average person in America. We never take time just to enjoy silent night, holy night, or thinking of a way in a manger. In homeschoolingtoday.com, Marcy Goodwin writes, the Christmas season is busy. The hustle and bustle of this time of year is considered to be just part of it. I do enjoy all the special activities, events, and traditions of Christmas. I love decorating the house, driving around, looking at Christmas lights, baking cookies, Christmas programs, holiday gatherings, and all that stuff. But I want to be careful that those things don't overshadow what Christmas really is about, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So each year, my dilemma is this. With an already packed schedule, how do we enjoy all the festivities of Christmas without getting busy and losing sight of God's greatest gift to us? How do we do that? Sometimes we need to just pause. We can become consumed with the demands of life, and truly not just in this season, but in all days, finding that balance can be hard. So do we see places of pause in the word of God? And simply put, I would say yes, we do see those. Roman numeral number one, we have God as the example. God as the example. The rest, or pause, after creation. The seventh day 
Scripture says in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Now, the question came to my mind, did God really need to rest? No, he didn't. God didn't need to rest from that. But I believe it serves as an example to us, an opportunity for us to set apart time to rest. Now, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And for the better part of my life, my dad worked a couple jobs, like a lot of guys did in, in those days. But my, my dad always worked a couple of jobs. But yet Sundays, for the most part, was a day set aside that my dad didn't go to work. Now, probably not out of conviction because it was Sunday, but that was one day he did not go to work. We always had dinner at home, the typical Sunday dinner. We always had that. It was just a day to pause. And, you know, looking back in, in my younger years in childhood, and these are probably the times I most remember. And there are great reminders still today that we're a family. And our family tries that. Now, we, we try to be together on Sunday. Now, sometimes it's me napping in the chair or in bed, but we're there. But you know what? I think everyone, all families, every person... We need a day to recharge, to refresh, to renew, to focus, and to build those relationships. My friends, I can't express enough how we need to pause and take the time. In Exodus chapter 28, verses 10 and 11, it says six of their names on one stone and the other six names on the rest on the other stone according to their birth. And that is the wrong, I gave you the wrong reference. No, that's my fault. That's my fault. And I apologize. Well, we're talking about the Ten Commandments. All right? I apologize. But we have the commandments to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now we've all heard about the good old days when nothing was open. The stores were closed. Gas stations were closed. You couldn't do anything on a Sunday. But if we think about it, does really going out to eat or getting gas taking away, take away from it being holy? I'll be honest, if it does, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. But I, I look at it as a condition of the heart and where we place the emphasis of the day. I think taking time and setting it apart for church, setting it apart to be with believers, as we'll talk about here in a little while, is part of keeping the Sabbath, remembering the Sabbath, and keeping it holy. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Luke 5, 16. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. 
These are the examples that God gave us. What does your time set apart, paused if you will, drawing ourselves away and spending time with God look like? Mm. If you're like me, it can be the hardest time defined. I can take Sunday. We have services. I don't have to work on Sundays. But there's time that I have to carve out of my daily list of things to do to spend the time with the creator of the universe, the God of all. And I have to take that time. That's my personal responsibility is to withdraw and to pray. I was reminded of the song, and those of you who know me know I love music. I love music. And a lot of times when I have the opportunity to speak, I love to, to put hymns in. I love it. And it says, the familiar hymn that says, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. I'd stay in the garden with him, though the night around me be falling. But he bids me go through the voice of woe. His voice to me is calling, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And as I thought about that hymn, and it's a beautiful hymn, we sing it a lot though, you used to, you used to hear it a lot at funerals. Why, that's a song for the living. That's a song, the hymn, that should be a part of our lives. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and I tarry with him. He speaks, and the sound of his voice. That is for the living, my friends. But we reserve it for the funerals. Let's take this and let it be a part of our life. Can you sing that in all honesty? Is it a true testimony of your life? So we see God is the example. Now we need to follow the example. We've seen a few bits there where, where God gives us that indication of that time to pause, that time to stop, that time to just retreat and just spend that time with him. But my friends, we need to follow the example. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. I have friends that attend a church, and I always think it's cute. We have junior church. 
they have what they call wiggly worship. Wiggly worship. And I think it's cute. There's times where I'll see pictures and, and it's the kids and all. Oh, they're, all, they're all into it and their activities and their learning. But at times I think we have it backwards. At times I feel like I can be the wiggly worshiper. You ever feel like that? Where it's like everything and anything can come to your mind during worship. And you all of a sudden, it's when you start itching. Then you got to blow your nose. I'm so thirsty. My throat's dry. The wiggly worship. But we have to take that time and realize that we're in front of the holy God. We are here to worship the holy God. The creator of the universe. The one who gave me life and new life when I was born again. He's the one who put breath in my lungs. He's the one who gives me the ability to speak, the ability to think, the ability to hear. Everything we have is because of our God. Everything we have we should reflect on when we realize to be still and to know that he is God. It's a time to pause. We used to sing a chorus years ago and it said, in him we live and move and have our being. That pretty much encapsulates our life in Christ. In him we live and we move and we have our being. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 11. Mr. Oliarchek, I did not give you all these verses, so don't think that I'm missing them. Because tonight, you know what I decided to? That we can open up our Bibles and look at some of these. I love the screens, but sometimes, you know what? There's just something about taking the word and opening it up. Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to look at verses 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What burden are you carrying? You ever think about it? The load seems heavy, but what are you carrying? What are the weights that keep you from doing what God has called you to do? According to that scripture, they're not ours to carry. The invitation is simple. He invites us to simply come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In the Christmas season, we can think of every, every excuse not to rest, but the invitation's there for us. It's amazing the feats we can accomplish if we but come to him. Maybe there's weariness. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's family problems. The invitation's still there. Come unto me, all ye that labor 
and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know the great thing here? There's no RSVP required. There's no reservations required. There's no gift exchange to bring, but an open invite from the Most High God. And I thought about this as, as I was reading that and I, and I was pondering it early this morning. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I thought of when a child's tired and you have them and you take them and you put them in your arms and you have that opportunity just to, just to, to speak softly. Maybe it's to sing. Maybe it's to rock. Maybe it's just for them to feel the warmth of that love. You know what? That's what God wants. He says, I'll give you rest. But sometimes I think we, 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 we have this encounter, we have this envision of God as, as one who doesn't take that. But my friends, you're his children. He loves you with an everlasting love love. He invites you to come, to lay aside the weights of the world and take time with him. Turn over again to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 25 through 34. Again, Evan, this is one that I did not give the full one because I wanted us to, to turn to it. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's taking care of it. As we pause in our daily life, we see the provisions he has given us. But we worry. Oh, what are we going to do? 
What are we going to do? What are we going to say? What are we going to, what are we, what are we, what are we, what are we, what are we? We need to just pause and see the one who says, he feeds the birds. You're more important than them. We see the flowers grow, but we don't seem worrying because God provides. And how much more important are we than they? Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Matthew 6, verse 6 says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. We need to follow this example. We need to take time alone with God. Not just our meals, not our prayer time with family. That doesn't replace our time with God. But time alone with him. We can seem to have busy schedules, and, and we do. But we need to make the time. We're quick to fill those schedules, to fill those calendars, and try to fit in that prayer. Well, I, boy, I just didn't get to it this morning. Have you ever thought, and I'm guilty, I'm guilty, my friends, have you ever thought about taking that calendar and first writing in your prayer time and then fill in your calendar? You got to think about it. And I have to because I don't take the time I should take. I don't take that quality time where I enter into the Holy of Holies. He's invited us. The curtain was torn in two so that we can come boldly before the throne room of Almighty God. We have a provision that those of the Old Testament never had. We have that provision, that opportunity, that awesome opportunity to come into the throne room of God boldly before our Father. Scheduling time to be with God. Another song I thought of because I love the music. Take time to be holy. Speak oft with thy Lord. Abide in him always and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children. Help those who are weak. Forgetting in nothing his blessing to seek. Take time to be holy. The world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus like him shalt thou be. Thy friends and thy conduct his likeness shall see. Take time to be holy. Let him be thy guide and run not before him, whatever betide. In joy or in sorrow, still follow the Lord. And looking to Jesus, still trust in his word. Take time to be holy. Be calm in thy soul. Each thought and each motive beneath his control. Thus led by his spirit to fountains of love, thou soon shall be fitted for service above. It's that pausing and taking that time. Where's the pause button for life? It's in your control. It's in your priorities. It's in the intention of your heart. 
that's where the pause button is. Lastly, the example of, and Evan, we don't have this one. Hebrews 10.25, I love the scripture and I usually bring it in every message. Somehow I get it in there. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We need to follow the example of what God gives us here. Why? Because we find strength in the body of Christ. I use this in new membership class. The church is God's idea. It wasn't developed by man. It wasn't developed by an organization. It wasn't developed by an architect who decided to put up a building one time. It's God's idea. Why? Because it's a refreshing time. It's a time of building. It's a time of fellowshipping. And it's a time of learning God's word. You know, I believe it was Hillary Clinton or something, one of them that said it takes a village to raise a child. But you know what? I think it is part of the church's responsibility to build a Christian. Because coming together, otherwise, what would you say? Stay home, read the word, pray. Yeah, that's a part of it. But we need to come together. We need to not forsake the assembling of ourselves. And lastly, we need to look at the practicals learned from the example. These are just some practical things. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. To everything there is a season and to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Realizing that there is a season for everything. We need to find that balance in our life of where to turn it on and where to turn it off. There's going to be seasons in our life. We face them. We're not immune to changes in life. We've seen it. We've been through them. And we don't always understand why we have these seasons. We've seen it in our church family. I mean, the past five, six, seven years, we've had some tragedies. I mean, tragic situations. We don't understand the seasons, but we know the one who controls them. God is designed and he's foreordained those cycles that we go through. However, as we have paused and sought him, it does help in these times. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, 
For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Probably one of the greatest comments is I never thought time would go this quick. And it's true. I never thought time would go this quick. We run in circles only to find that life is short. And in the end, we have no control. We love control. I love control. I want to know how it's done, when it's done, where it's done. But you know what? According to scripture, it's just a vapor. It goes very quickly. The one thing, there's one job. If you want a job that you know will always, always be needed. Do you know what that job is? Obituary writers. Obituary writers. They'll always be needed. No one's amused. No one is immune to being a part of that vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. When you read an obituary, we see the date born and the date of death. And you know what? It's our choice how the years between are going to be remembered. What they're going to be used for. We can run and we can run and we can run never fully appreciating what God has provided for us to enjoy or we can pause and see the goodness of God. We've seen some examples tonight and maybe you're one of those that said, I just feel like I am on a treadmill going nowhere. But you know what? The great news is there is time to stop, to reset, to refocus, to refresh, and as all good IT people say, to reboot. We have that opportunity. And with that comes the opportunity to enjoy that all God has for us. But what we need to do is we need to just pause and ask God, what would you have for me to do in life? Where do I need to pause? What do I need to change? And what would you have me to do? Stand with